Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I'm so irrationally upset that I couldn't see Ticket to Paradise with you this weekend. I know, but obviously I'm going to see it again with you. (laughs) Okay. I honestly just want to hear you say that. I mean, first of all, the most important part of the movie to me was that (laughs) Billy Lord's character and George Clooney's character were literally me and your dad. And so I just can't wait for you to see it to also have that realization. (laughs) I just want to see it actually the two of us and my dad. Don't tempt me with a good time. (laughs) I don't know if you felt this way seeing it, but remember when I saw Bros, I texted you when the trailer for Ticket to Paradise came on and I was like, there is just something about Julia Roberts and George Clooney together on my screen that hits me in a deep way. Like my childhood understanding of what a movie star was is them. And so to see it, I felt that way. Did you feel that way actually watching it? A million percent. My adult understanding of what a movie star is is them. They are true, true movie stars. It was so enjoyable seeing them on screen. It was a million times more enjoyable seeing them on screen together. And I have to say, like, I spent the entire movie upset that they weren't a real couple. I get that, though. Like, in an alternate universe, imagine. I just feel they're so evenly matched, both in fame and movie stardom, I guess is what it is. Like you look at them on your screen and you're like, oh, holy shit, that's some star power, which I have to say was part of the reason that the movie worked so well, because it was that combination of just lighthearted rom-com fun that I think we've all been missing. That has been an empty place in our heart for a little while now with the combination of just movie stars. Well, I always say to you, I so appreciate a low stakes movie experience where you go and you just know for the next hour or two, you're just going to laugh. Nothing too intense. It's kind of like after Don't Worry Darling. And we were like, I know there are some people that probably loved that and loved the deep analysis. But for me, it's just, it's too much thinking, you know, it's like, (laughs) I don't need to pay to get anxiety watching a movie. I feel that I experienced enough of that in my own life. 
there's so much shit going on in the world. Like every day it is just something to walk into a movie theater and have two hours of just lighthearted fun is such at this point, a unique experience. I feel like we've almost lost the original plot of being able to do that. And I think that what Ticket to Paradise is going to do is remind people how much we love rom-coms with big, big stars. It really was one of the more enjoyable movie experiences I've had in a while. Right. Like, for example, if I had just gotten out of Don't Worry Darling and I then get the TMZ notification that there are signs on the 405 saying Kanye was right about the Jews, that was terrible to receive regardless. But I somehow have to believe it would have been a little bit worse seeing it after already suffering the anxiety of Don't Worry Darling, which I know, I know we said to ourselves, like, We already discussed Kanye in a way where we explain very clearly how much we condemn this, how upsetting it is as Jews, how scary, hurtful, and terrifying the entire situation is. And we do not want to give him any more airtime. And I stand by that. At the same time, though, Julie, seeing this shit specifically that we were just looking at right before going on, it's like, how are we going to have this podcast and not say something about it? You know, like I, I, it's, it's consuming me in a way that I did not anticipate it to because I have written him off so long ago, but it's not about him anymore. It's about the way this message is spreading and, and the seeming compliance on a lot of parts of his sponsors or, or other people. It's, it's, I don't know, it's a little overwhelming. I know I'm not being very eloquent right now. No, it, it is overwhelming. I mean, the fact that Adidas has not dropped him as of the time that we're recording this is is really hard for, I think, all of us to fathom right now. Listen, the thing with this is that It's hard to find that balance between I don't want to give Kanye airtime. I don't want to let his words and his rhetoric consume me because it's giving him that power at the same time. Like other people are clearly giving him the space to. And even if they're doing it to challenge him or shut him down, his words are still getting out there. And so clearly other people are giving him the platform to be able to spew what he is spewing. And even if we are sitting here saying like, you know what? we're not taking this, like we're not going to acknowledge Kanye. There are plenty of other people who are listening to him and not just hearing him, but considering him to be right. And so it's really, really scary to know that that's out there and know that as Jews and as people who really suffer from hearing his words, you're trying to ignore it. And at the same time, you're trying to combat it. I think that's exactly what I'm kind of struggling with, what you just said, striking that balance between wanting to combat it, but also wanting to ignore it and then also wanting to honor kind of our sanity. You know, it's it's just very, very upsetting. I mean, it's draining, quite frankly. And the fact of the matter is, is what I think worries me the most when examining this whole situation is it's not just what Kanye is saying. It's that I think that a lot of people downplay Kanye's influence. And I saw a tweet somewhere that was like, don't, you know, ignore Kanye or write him off. Like he got an entire generation of people to wear the ugliest sneakers I've ever seen in my life. And the fact of the matter is, is like, although that's joking in nature, like it really is true. Kanye has a tremendous amount of influence over people. And so it's really terrifying knowing that there are people that are going to hear his word and think of it as the word of God and hear what he is saying and believe that there is validity to it. And especially when he comes on and says that anybody trying to cancel him or anybody calling him out on his anti-Semitism or any brands dropping him are just further proving his point. I think that people who don't understand the anti-Semitic tropes at play and don't understand what's happening here can really see that as a valid point. 
And it's really, really terrifying to know that. And that's why when you see the signs on the 405 that says Kanye was right about the Jews, it's continually perpetuating the fact that this isn't just about what Kanye is saying anymore. It's about how widespread this has the ability to become. Don't downplay his influence. Yes, exactly. I don't know what's going to happen here. I think that what you're going to continue to see is the refusal of people to work with Kanye. I think brands continuing to disassociate themselves from him. We've seen Balenciaga drop him, which is huge. Um, Anna Wintour apparently cutting ties with him and making it clear that he's no longer in the inner circle at Vogue. And I think this is something you are going to continue and continue to see. I don't know how active the partnership with Gap is. I hope that gets cut soon. I think there are a lot of people going forward that need to cut their ties with Kanye. And it's not just for the anti-Semitism that he's spewing. It really isn't. He has done so many other things. This is just for me personally, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I mean, also, you know, in addition to some of the more formal relationships you just mentioned, whether it's Vogue or Balenciaga or Adidas or Gap, something I'm really curious about, and I don't think we will ever fully get the answer to is Kanye talks frequently in interviews about how he feels he doesn't really have any quote celebrity friends left, which I believe is true. But I'm so curious of how some of those relationships ended, meaning was it a more formal ending, kind of like John Legend, where he's made public statements about how that can no longer exist? Or has it kind of just fizzled? Have his friends tried to have conversations with him that then went nowhere? Like, I would love to know what that kind of looked like. I know it's not something we'll get the answer to, at least from their perspective, but it's something I do wonder. It's interesting because I think we have seen a lot of them ending pretty publicly. I mean, there was that video that was released of him screaming at Chance, who was one of his closest friends. That video went viral and we haven't seen any contact between the two of them or any sort of conversation. We know the way the Kid Cudi friendship ended. Charlemagne the God was just talking in an interview about how Kanye called him screaming about Pete's, quote, 10-inch penis. Like, there was a lot of different relationships that ended that we saw publicly. We were just speaking the other day following one of his rants about Justin cutting ties with him because he came after Haley. I mean, a lot of the relationships that Kanye has lost or severed have been pretty public. And then you had situations where there were things going on behind the scenes that no one knew about, such as, you know, what happened with him and Virgil that recently came to light. And so I think it's a mix of both. But I think that Something that Kanye does is that he very specifically keeps a lot of yes men around him. And I think he had early on in his career some really true friendships. Jay-Z is the first example of that, by the way. And I think as he has progressed and I think that as he has become clearly just more hateful and more narcissistic and he has lost those people in his life, but he has kept the yes men around. And that is a really, really scary combination as well. It's a very dangerous place to be in, not just for Kanye. I think that for anybody in the public light, and we've seen that time and time again, that it's the people that are so sensitive to any sort of constructive criticism or feedback, or even just really a conversation about how what you're saying may not be perceived in the way that you think it is. Those are the people that ultimately, I think, completely lose touch with reality in terms of the way that fame impacts them. Obviously, Connie is a very, very extreme example because what he's saying is so hurtful and problematic and dangerous. But even just in general, you know, it's a, it's a interesting lesson that I guess is not just true for famous people. You know, in, in general, like even for all of us, there's something to be said for maintaining a group around you that will continue to provide you with honesty, even when it's hard to hear. Oh, absolutely. Honesty and accountability. It's, it's really, really important. I think the other thing is, 
going back to, you know, Kanye's relationship with both people and brands, I think you're going to continue whatever friends he has left. I think that it's very few. I can't even think of people off the top of my head that I would say like, oh, this person's going to drop him because I think all of the really big people that he once associated with kind of parted ways. I also think that with the conversation about brands dropping him and companies not working with him anymore and, you know, execs not working with him and projects not getting made, I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I think it's going to be really important to not downplay how exhausting it's going to be to watch that happen and then have to hear all of the criticism back of people saying, see, Kanye was right about the Jews. Like, this is exactly what he thought was going to happen and it's going to happen. And I think that seeing that come from not just Kanye, but a lot of voices on the internet and a lot of people around him that are still his yes men is something that you can't downplay because that is going to be mentally draining. And I, I think we all know that that's coming too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've already spoken about this longer than I think we wanted to. I just want to say to any of our Jewish listeners who are also feeling just overwhelmed and exhausted by any of this, we're with you and you have no responsibility to speak about it in a way that only hurts you or doesn't serve you. But just know that we are, um, we're feeling it as well. And it's a really unfortunate thing. And I just, you're not alone in that. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 
We got to give a quick update on the Jason Sudeikis, Olivia Wilde situation, because the fact that we had that entire conversation about the salad dressing and then like clockwork, she posts the recipe and it's from Nora Ephron's book about her divorce from her husband because he was cheating on her. Like you expected the Dijon mustard. You did not expect for Olivia Wilde to post a page out of Nora Ephron's book, Heartburn. Like, is that not the plot thickening in such a dramatic way? I did expect the Dijon mustard. You did. <laughs> you really did. And I, I, I'm i so happy about that. And by the way, gotta say, Grey Poupon, like they were leaning into it in a way that I, I felt like this is your moment and run with it. I loved them leaning into it. It was one of the best parts of the whole thing. You know, I really didn't expect her to post the Nora Ephron page. I didn't know that her salad dressing came from that. I didn't even know there was a salad dressing to match up with that. But that was such an interesting move on her part because there is a lot to unpack there. And it seems as though, well, sorry, just to backtrack a second. What's so interesting about her posting it in the first place is because it came after the joint statement from her and Jason denying any allegations, but then almost seemingly confirming it by posting the salad dressing, confirming that there is in fact a salad dressing, and then taking it a step further by saying like, maybe you guys have the story wrong because here I am posting this out of a book that's about the husband cheating. Right. That was the part that I could not get over. Like even for one second, let's remove the Nora Ephron element from it. And let's take away the fact that this book is an autobiographical novel about her husband's affair. Like we could analyze that till we are blue in the face. I'm going to put that on the side for a second. It's the fact that they just said, basically, Olivia and Jason, do not believe one word the nanny says. All of these allegations are false. And then it seems as though she's seemingly co-signing at least some of the story by acknowledging the fact that a simple dressing really does exist. That is the part that took me out. I was like, wait a second. You are thickening this plot. Right. And then (laughs) what that then does is that you as the reader now gets to go through the entire nanny statement and decide what you think is true and what you think is false because she has now opened the door for there to be some wiggle room there. As soon as the salad dressing is confirmed to be true and it does exist, it opens up everything else for discussion. Whereas a statement shutting everything down, yeah, of course we're going to be like, okay, I'm sure there are certain things that are true, but there's nothing that she's confirming for us. That little confirmation of, well, there is a salad dressing that exists, leads you to believe, okay, well, there's some legitimacy to this story overall. Right, which by the way, I still think power move on her part. I I, I genuinely feel that way. Like, yes, maybe in some ways it corroborated the nanny story a little bit more. I still think what a mic drop moment to do that because no one was expecting it. Like all of those tweets, the tweet that we had posted the day before that was like, if I was Olivia Wilde, I would post a salad dressing recipe and then turn my phone off. That was completely based in fantasy. She is not someone that leans into social media in that way. So then for her to do that, I was like, whoa, (laughs) you're playing along here. No, it was an incredible moment. And by the way, like the most liked she has been, I think throughout this entire thing was after posting that, which by the way, I don't agree with. I think that the amount of hate that Olivia Wilde has gotten throughout this entire ordeal from the moment that she was seen holding hands with Harry Styles is so irrational to me because there is nothing that she has done that is that bad that she deserves what she is getting. But I will say that that moment of posting the story and that jaw drop, mic drop moment of her acknowledging it was everybody kind of banding together for a moment and being like, oh, wow, she really did that. Like, oh, I respect that move. 
Right, exactly. It was a collective like head nod of, you know what? You got us on that one. Wait, you know what I just realized? You're going to be so happy. I remember this. In the Kardashian bonus show from last week, we were talking about the Olivia comment from 2020 that we posted and said we were going to talk about it in the regular episode. And I fully forgot to do that until right now. Oh my God, please. Can we discuss it? Okay. So if you guys remember in last Monday's episode, we were talking about the timeline and we were saying she cast Harry September, 2020, right? And her and Jason, the split rumors happened around November, 2020. It wasn't until we saw Harry and Olivia holding hands January, 2021 at Jeff Azoff's wedding, where we were like, what's going on here? And we were trying to decide whether or not we had heard rumors about them leading up to that. And a a follower DM'd us reminding us about this comment that we had posted. And we scrolled, Julie literally scrolled for probably 25 minutes to find it. December 14th, 2020, Harry had posted that his album Fine Line was a year old. And Olivia comments, wait, dot, 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 you play music too? And we posted that. And the reason we couldn't find the comment is because we have all our comments like saved in albums by person and it wasn't in the Olivia Wilde album. And we realized after that we had posted it in a roundup, which is very telling evidence in terms of us trying to wrap our heads around this timeline. Because if there was speculation about them dating, I'll say if there was legitimate speculation about them dating in mid-December 2020, we would have never included that comment in a roundup that obviously would have been a solo with a caption like the eye emoji or like, wait, is this proof? And so to, to us, that was so telling when we saw it because we're like, oh, shit. I think seeing them at Jeff Azoff's wedding in January was the first time when we were like, wait a second, this is really happening. I'll take you one further. For us to have soloed it, it didn't even need to be legitimate proof. It could have been one Twitter theory that was floating around online with absolutely zero evidence, and we would have 100% posted that as a solo in a heartbeat. There was zero speculation at the time, I'm prepared to say. And Once I saw that post and remembered the fact that there wasn't any speculation, I had a flashback to seeing those photos of Harry and Olivia for the first time. And I remember having that, oh my God, what is going on moment. So it must have been really, really out of the blue. But it's so funny looking back on these things, trying to remember, because again, like we said last episode, this was so much longer ago than the timeline that I had in my mind was. It's been two plus years of this. I know two years is kind of a long time specifically for Hollywood. And I feel that that's kind of lost sometimes in our discussion of all of it because there's been so much chaos. But when you remove the chaos for a second, I mean, in all this time, they've been getting to know each other really intimately over the last two years. So the state that they were in January 2021 is a very different world, I have to imagine, emotionally that they are now. You know what I'm really curious about? What Hmm. the behind the scenes of her commenting on that Insta was because- It was seemingly so harmless because no one knew they were a couple. So it's not like they were confirming anything. But I wonder if like Harry maybe thought that it was a little much or that maybe pointing at them being together, whether his friends said anything, whether her friends were like, oh, my God, you commented that. Like, obviously, they were working together at the time. So no one thought anything of it beyond that. But knowing how secret this was kept until that January reveal, I wonder if that caused any sort of stir. Yeah. And also the exact comment being, wait, you play music too? Like that was such a direct reference or callback to the fact that at the time she was the director of the movie that he was acting in. So it almost was able to go kind of under the radar because it fell under the guise of quote work. (laughs) Like that was a work joke that she made, or at least that's the way that we interpreted it. But you're so right. I mean, I, to me, my dream scenario always is that they were together, like let's say in bed. And she was like, toying with the idea. And he's like, fuck it, do it. Because to me, there's something just overwhelmingly gratifying about the idea of celebrities almost 
planning what planting a seed would look like just for the fun of seeing the public reaction, you know? Yeah. I mean, and those are the comments we live for. And even better than having that in the moment confirmation, because obviously, like we said, when that comment was posted, we didn't think anything of it. The thing that's really fun here is to be able to go back and kind of re- trace the steps of that relationship. And also keeping in mind that there is a part two to this Daily Mail article that came out. Yeah, let me actually read this one excerpt because after the initial basically tell-all with the nanny came out and then Olivia and Jason released that joint statement, Daily Mail released more information from the nanny. So this was regarding the claims that Olivia was still involved with Jason when she started dating Harry. This is from the nanny. Quote, the thing about that was when Olivia left Jason as she was filming and going out with Harry, she was still leaving him voicemails and texts saying she loved him and he was her everything. When I saw Olivia holding hands as a couple with Harry, I couldn't believe it. Just a month before when we were in LA, she was sending Jason messages saying she loved him. So it was like, how can she be in this relationship and then holding hands with someone else a month later? It was a lot of mixed messages. And then there was also a claim from the nanny that Olivia gave up their dogs, that she would have more time to spend with Harry. And the organization where Olivia initially rescued her dog from released a statement basically clarifying the events and and defending Olivia. And there was also in that Daily Mail part two claims that Florence and Harry had a relationship too. I have to say the part two isn't as convincing for me as the part one, because those were like kind of three bombshell things that came out that had they been true or more true, I feel like would have come out in part one. Yeah. The nanny lost a little bit of credibility to me in that part two, I think. Right. I don't know. The whole thing, I stand by what I said initially. I'd be lying to you through my teeth if I said I was not holding on to every single word. And I found this to be so deeply juicy. At the same time, it is so intrusive. And as much as I believe the nanny when she says that she wishes she had a proper opportunity to say goodbye to the kids because she doesn't want them to think that she abandoned them. And I very much believe that. I'm sure she deeply loved those children. At the end of the day, if you're only doing what's best for the kids, this whole tell all about their parents isn't with the kids' interests at heart. So I don't think that you can have those two narratives necessarily exist at the same time if that's the one you're sticking to the most. No, of course not. Like, there's just simply no way. This ends up hurting the kids more than anybody else, especially when they get old enough to understand what this all means. Again, this is also why us sitting here speculating about her credibility and what's true and what isn't, this is also why it's so interesting that Olivia would post that salad dressing because had they come out with that statement denying everything and you and I were sitting here being like, okay, this part two doesn't really seem so legit, it calls everything into question. But again, her confirming the fact that that salad dressing exists at least gives you a little bit of room to be like, well, some of this has to be true. That's what I'm saying. Some of it. I don't know exactly what parts. I just think it's an entirely fair statement to say there's certainly some truth to this. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. 
Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Let's get into this Travis and Kylie stuff a little bit. How does that sound to you? Sounds good to me. Okay. I, I know some of you may be confused. And if you are, we are as well. This is not one of those things where we can provide you the comprehensive breakdown that I think a lot of you are craving. And I will explain why. I will also direct you to places that can. But very top line here is that recently there's been cheating rumors about Travis, meaning that he's been cheating on Kylie. And people think that it is with this woman, Rogine Carr. Her Instagram is at YoungSweetRow, Y-U-N-G. And this is not the first time that she has entered the equation. If you remember back in October 2019, when Travis and Kylie reportedly broke up, there were rumors that she had something to do with it. She's known him. They apparently have a past. She was the woman from that infamous mirror selfie where what appeared to be his Nikes were in the corner of the shot and everyone was running with that, thinking that he was cheating on Kylie with her. I mean, there's just been a lot there. And so recently, she posted a photo from what appeared to be a music video set, which sent the internet into a frenzy. Travis then basically came on his story saying, there's a lot of weird shit going on. An uninvited person snuck into set. I don't know this person. I've never had a relationship with this person. Please just leave it alone. She then, I think, got upset by that, basically saying, what are you talking about? You've known me for years. There was a lot of back and forth, a lot of internet detective work happening. The most recent thing is she posted as of today, basically saying, I've never perpetuated any narrative. I never said I'm currently with him or I've ever recently been with him. Like I said, I went home that night. Having someone you've known for almost a decade disrespect you and assume you won't stand up for yourself because you never do is hurtful. I reacted in the moment and speaking on someone else's relationship was wrong of me. I have nothing to prove. Him deleting all of his posts as soon as I posted an inconspicuous screenshot speaks for itself. So basically, there's a lot going on here. And I know people are fascinated by this. To speak entirely transparently, the reason that I think we've never dove in that deep on this isn't because we don't believe that it's true. Like, I absolutely think that at some point in time, Travis has probably known this woman, maybe had a relationship with her. But I think that we both operate under the belief that like Travis and Kylie's relationship just isn't linear. It's not like as if this were to come out about Devin Booker, for example. Like I think we, whether it's true or not, we've just always operated under the understanding that like they break up and get back together a lot. And like there may be an arrangement there. And it's not so shocking that there would be other people for both of their ends in the equation at some point. I think there's two different things at play here. I agree with you 100%. I think there is a difference between what this woman is alleging and Kylie and Travis's relationship, because quite frankly, if I'm being honest about what I've seen circulated both this time and in 2019, what detective work has been done on the Internet 
to me, this is like, I don't give this much attention. A lot of people have gone through the receipts. A lot of people have pointed out clear photoshopping of even posting them together, her faking being with him. Like there's a lot of things that are not adding up there. So to me, that's completely separate. I agree though with you that the separate conversation is of Kylie and Travis's relationship, which has been since they got together, it has been very on and off. If you remember when this first came out and this first circulated in 2019, this was directly after Kylie and Travis had broken up for the first time. And Kylie and Travis seemingly did not get back together until summer of 2021 when they were seen doing that red carpet appearance together before Travis was honored at the Parsons event. And so in between that time, they were technically broken up, but you saw them constantly together, constantly posting about each other. Um, Birthdays, Stormy's birthday, spending time together, doing things, co-parenting, a lot of rumors that they were in Miami together, that they were coupled up. Like it's always been very, very on and off. So I think that that conversation is completely separate from the conversation we're currently having about his quote cheating. No, I know totally. But I'm saying with this particular situation, yes, there's a lot of back and forth and you really got to choose what you believe there because there's some things that will fully convince you and then other things that will convince you that it's entirely fabricated. But just generally speaking, I don't even think that I have a clear enough understanding of their relationship to even be able to define what could be cheating. That's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, let's not forget March of 2020 when there was speculation whether or not they were together. And it was Mason on Instagram Live that said they're not back together. Like we were getting our information from Mason. That's when you know shit is kept under wraps. So I don't know. I, I I think that people expect us to be so fascinated by this. And for some reason, it just like doesn't grasp us in that same way because it feels messy. And it also feels like <laughs> who the fuck knows? Right. That's an important clarification because this woman aside, I think that had somebody else come out and made these sort of allegations against Travis or had cheating rumors about him, whatever it may be. I do think that we probably would be giving it the same amount of attention or same amount of airtime. Maybe this time would be different because as far as we're concerned right now, they are seemingly together. We haven't seen anything that would indicate otherwise. But yeah, I think that we've seen a lot of reports. I think most recently a Dumas report, you know, where somebody writing into Dumas saying, come on, everybody knows this. To me, it just feels more like It's kind of on and off. Every day is something different. That's the vibe that I've gotten over the past couple of years. Maybe since welcoming baby number two, things have changed and they've gotten closer together. I know that when Kylie was pregnant, there were a lot of reports coming out saying they're in the best place they've ever been in and they're so in love and they're such a great pair. So maybe since that timeline started and since baby number two kind of came into the picture, things are different now. But I do think that was kind of the basic understanding that a lot of us had, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, my whole point is that like, I don't even know if I have a basic understanding. I would say that their relationship is probably the one out of the entire family that I understand the absolute least. Like, I think I had a better understanding of Kim and Pete than I ever did of of Travis and Kylie. And I think that that's very intentional on their parts. I'm just okay with maybe knowing that we'll never fully know. And that's just okay. You know? Right. You know what I will say about Kylie and Travis at the very least? They seem to have a lot of fun. They have a lot of fucking fun. And you know what? good for them because a lot of the, her siblings are not having fun with the men in their lives. That's a, that's a true point. You know what I wanted to bring up while we're on the topic? (laughs) It's a national Enquirer report that I saw circulating. So naturally I will give this absolutely zero validity, but I still would be interesting in talking about it from a hypothetical standpoint. There was that report that I saw circulating that 
after their breakup that Kim and Pete apparently were spending time together and he was either at her hotel room or she was seen in a quote disguise sneaking out the back going to Staten Island to see him. I, for purposes of this conversation, am going to believe that that's true. Like, let's just forget even deciding whether or not we think it is because holy fuck, like Kim Kardashian taking her private cashmere seated plane to New York to have a secret meeting with Pete Davidson in his Staten Island apartment and then sneaking out the back in her oversized Balenciaga sunglasses. Like, I know I just raved about Ticket to Paradise. That's the fucking rom-com I want to see. Oh my God, that's, you're so right. That's the, like, that's the relationship I hope they have where they ended on such good terms and they both acknowledge the sex was that good that Kim is going to fly to New York for it and then fly right back and it doesn't mean anything else. Kim flying to Staten Island, New York to potentially just like have a dick appointment is the greatest thing I have ever heard. Oh my God, please. And that's my birthday wish. I hope that's true. <laughs> like that needs to be true just for the just for the sake of us all having that knowledge and being able to go to sleep at night knowing that that, that happened. Because you know something? That's when they say like dick will make you do some things. If Kim is leaving Hidden Hills and going to Staten Island, <laughs> everyone else is forgiven wherever the fuck they're going, you know? Going back to that one clip of Charlemagne talking about Kanye calling him in a fit about Pete's 10 inches. Like, no way, right? That he's 10 inches? Yeah. Or that Kanye called? No, no, no. I believe that Kanye uh, called 100%. I meant the 10 inches. Uh, I think 10's a lot. Yeah, no, no. I think that 10's a lot. I Like, if he would have said nine, I probably wouldn't have flinched. If you ask my guess, I don't know if we're going to keep this in, but like, if you ask my guess, I'd say eight and a half. I was going to say eight and a half. Eight, eight, eight and a half. 10 is insane. No, 10 eight. is not real. 10. No, it's, it, but eight, okay. Eight's huge, but eight's not like, holy shit, everybody is talking about it. To me, eight and a half is pretty large. But also remember the initial source was Ariana. I know. Right. That's, that's what makes you think, all right, maybe it was eight. But Kim's tiny too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he might be six inches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he just like hasn't been with a girl that's like, what, over 5'3". <laughs> People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their bestseller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I want to quickly talk about Kim's birthday, not even the Nobu catered part, but the fact that they get on Kylie's plane to go to Vegas. It's Chris, Chloe, Malika, Khadija, Steph, Tracy, Natalie, Olivia. Lala was surprising them in Vegas. They were going to the Usher concert, supposed to have this beautiful dinner at Carbone. And it was literally too windy in Vegas for the plane to land. They tried multiple times, could not land. So they had to turn around and reroute back to California. And Lala was surprising Kim in Vegas, so ended up going to the Usher show by herself. Like, I don't know what it is because obviously every single thing that I said up until this moment is the least relatable thing ever. Like you're taking Kylie Jenner's private plane to Vegas for an Usher concert to then have a private dinner at Carbone, totally. There is something about Kim not being able to land due to wind that is just like so deeply humanizing. It's like even you are impacted by the natural elements of the world. You know what it was for me throughout this entire thing? I feel like so rarely do we get these events that's happening to them in real time. Like this is a situation where typically, like if you were to tell me that this was going to come out, the way that I would expect to find out about it was like Kim would post a series of stories the next morning saying like, oh my God, the funniest thing happened last night. We actually were supposed to go to the Usher concert. Didn't, this is a picture of us at didn't out. But what actually happened was you watched every single thing element of this trip go down in real time. Like you watch them on the plane, you watch them get on, you're watching Kim posting a story saying how excited she is for Usher. And then the next slide is her being like, "Never mind, we can't land. And then the slide after that is like, (laughs) you can hear Chloe in the background saying like, well, Usher just posted on his story. Then you get them at In-N-Out. Then you get the story of Lala alone at the Usher concert. Then you get the Hulu filming crew at at the Usher concert too, because they were supposed to be there. It was like, you never get anything like that play out in real time. And it was almost like you were so on the inside joke of it that you thought you were on the plane for a second. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. Also, by the way, POV, you are the cashier at In-N-Out and Kim Kardashian and her crew pull up because they're coming to you as the backup plan for Vegas Carbone. Like that is the craziest night of that In-N-Out's life. 
POV, you're a group of eight random friends and you decide to test your luck at Carbone and you're like, any chance you have any tables available? I know it's probably, you know, not going to be worth it, but we thought we'd see. And they're like, actually, yes, we have our private room in the back that is available now. (laughs) So basically, a lot of people lucked out in that scenario. A lot of people. And I'm sure they'll go back for Usher. Usher seemed really upset that they weren't there. Did you see his story the next day? If I'm Usher, I'm heartbroken. Like, not to say that Usher is not very famous and successful, but Usher is not what Usher once was in terms of the hold that he has on, like, you know, just being kind of this heartthrob. I know for some of us, he still holds that spot. But I think generally speaking, it wasn't as it was so many years ago. So now Kim, for her birthday, all she wants is to take her sister's plane to come see you and the wind fucks it up. Like if I'm Usher, that's, that's, I mean, he talk about the one person that really lost in all this. It's not even Kim. It's fucking Usher. Poor Usher. It's so funny because someone, someone said to me like, why was she going to an Usher concert? Like of all the things she could have done for her birthday, really? Like I, she's like, I love Usher as much as the next guy, but like, it's a little confusing. I was like, you cannot forget that when Kim does anything, no matter how amazing she is, no matter how crazy her life is at heart, she's a 42 year old mom. Exactly. And I love remembering that. Me too. Also, I know we make a very conscious effort to really not talk about album releases. I just have to say, you gotta hand it to Taylor Swift. Midnight's comes out after just one day of release. It's the best-selling album of 2022, beats Harry's House. It had the biggest sales week for any album in the U.S. since Reputation in 2017, broke the modern record for the most U.S. vinyl album sales in a week with more than 400,000 copies sold. Like, Listen, we're not trying to fool anyone. We are not these big Swifties and I'm not pretending to be one. I just have to say that is a monumental accomplishment and like what a feeling if you're her. And I think you really got to hand it to her on that. Oh, absolutely. Also, and I know this is a terrible transition, but this just happened as we were recording and I absolutely want to acknowledge it. Leslie Jordan, unfortunately, passed away today. He apparently had a medical emergency while driving. And as a result of that, caused him to have a car crash. That was so shocking. He's 67 years old and just such a light. I mean, I know that's what everyone's saying, but it's true. You know, he really just had this fun, lighthearted, almost whimsical presence. And I think it was really, really saddening to see that come through. I'm just so sorry to anyone who knew him and loved him and his family. This is so hard. I was really shocked when that notification came through. Like so unbelievably heartbreaking. Especially because I feel like in the last, I don't know, year or two, like really specifically over COVID, we got more well acquainted with him because it was such a somber time and he's so joyful. And it's like he had this palpable joyfulness that you just really felt on whatever screen you were watching and whether he was dancing on Instagram or you were watching him on New Year's Eve with Andy and Anderson. And that was really, really upsetting. And I... Our heart just goes out to anyone who knew him and loved him. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, it's just so sad. I know. I think that is it for today. We will be back later this week for Kardashians and Bravo. And we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. Thank you.